Welcome to another episode of Movies That Make Us. I'm Jake. I'm Tracy. And, and go ahead. <laughs> and I'm Krebs. Krebs, welcome. He's the new Val. He's, well, hold on. <laughs> you know, Val ever heard you say that, Tracy. <laughs> she doesn't listen to the show. <laughs> Only Val can be the new guy at any given time. <laughs> yeah. Krebs, welcome to the show. Val is off adventuring in San Diego at San Diego Comic-Con, so we will not miss her or be sad for her at all because she's doing what we would all love to be doing yes, this weekend. Usually we would so. be feeling bad for her but uh, or missing her, but on this one, she's meeting Miles Morales. She's hanging out at San Diego Comic-Con. Not hanging out. She is working. But... She's working, yeah. Yeah, and that's definitely what her pictures and videos make it seem like. She's working. <laughs> Networking. <laughs> No, so the so Val is is out this week doing that. Um, so we'll be excited to hear how that went, especially with all of the changes with studios and strikes and things going on there. So I, I'm sure it's a very different experience this year than it has been in years past. But Krebs, we're glad to have you here. Um, tell us a little bit about your show, where you're from, what you know, who you are for our listeners that may not be familiar with your work. Oh, I expect your listeners to be like 99.8% completely unfamiliar with me. But I am Krebs. I am from the podcast Dungeon Crawlers Radio. And we had an opportunity a handful of months ago when the D&D movie dropped to meet you guys. And we just had an absolute blast. We've been looking for excuses and opportunities to do like a little crossover episode. And I am super thrilled. In all honesty, I'm so happy to be here and to be hanging out with you guys. Thank you very much for having me on the show. Krebs, we're, we're glad to have you, and especially for, for why you're here and what you want to talk about. So Tracy and, and I and Val, we really do like the community aspect of what we can do with the podcast, and we've been doing some events to raise money for American Cancer Society, and we're getting ready to run a 10K uh, in January, and we're raising money for that and things like that. And you guys are doing something similar. You're raising money for a good cause, and you've got an event coming up. So tell us a little bit about that. Yes, absolutely. And I think that this particular event might appeal to your audience specifically. Great. We are on July 29th. I don't know how many people knew this or not, but on July 29th, it is the day and date 40th anniversary of the sci-fi fantasy film Kroll, which is one of those movies that can be somewhere between divisive and completely obscure. It's, it's, it's a, it's a really <laughs> strange thing, but, um, but I, and I can't wait to talk about this movie in the, in the context of, of this episode. But the purpose of this event is not only to celebrate the 40th anniversary of this, uh, what I consider, beloved film, but also to raise money for Primary Children's Hospital. Yeah. In fact, uh, our showrunner, Daniel, who uh, is the one who created and, and runs Dungeon Crawlers Radio, uh, one of his children was born with a serious uh, heart defect. And if it wasn't for Primary Children's Hospital, she would not be with us today. They literally saved her life. And she is doing great. And she is living, uh, you know, she's living her best life all the time. She's awesome. So big, huge thank yous. Um, infinite gratitude to Primary Children's Hospital. We wanted to do use this event to do some kind of good. And we landed on raising some money for them. And what we decided to do was 
uh, we uh, did all the legwork we had to do to get a permit to show Kroll publicly. And Jordan Common stepped up and made us a sweetheart deal to show the movie in one of their theaters. Nice. And on the morning of July 29th, the morning of July 29th, starting at 930, the doors will open to the public. People who have made some donation to Primary Children's Hospital, we ask that people make a minimum of an $8 donation per person attending. And if you do that, you get to come see the show. And we will also have present this myriad memorabilia that someone like, I don't know, some super movie geek or something has been slowly collecting <laughs> over the years. Is that, wait, 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 wait. Is that an Atari? This is a working Atari copy of the Kroll wow. video game. It is both nice. extremely difficult. And I remember playing this as a kid because I loved the movie and we had an Atari. And so absolutely yeah. I got that game. Um, but I, you know, we have that. And of course we have, you know, multiple formats upon which the movie exists. I didn't know this, but, um, but apparently there was a format in the 80s called mm -hmm. C CED. I didn't know this until recently. Mm -hmm. I was, I know I, 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 I'm a video. I like, I used to be a film student. I'm a video audio kind of guy. Yeah. I've never heard of this format in my life until I was showing the prices right to my children as every good parent must the Bob Barker era, the Bob Barker. Era. Okay. All right. And mm -hmm. um, they had a home video player as one of the prizes. And I was going to tell my kids about VHS or beta. And right as I was about to say something, they showed it. And I was like, I don't know what the heck that is. That's completely mm -hmm. alien to me. And it ends up, it's this giant nonsense. Oh, laser yeah. disc. No, no, not it's not a laser disc. disc. Oh. It's not. It's like on a, on a, it's on a film or like a tape type thing. Uh, oh. And it just, it's weird. It's weird. It's like a, it's like a big floppy disc that has a movie on it. Yeah. It's, Think vinyl because that's yeah that's, yeah it's vinyl. Oh my gosh! But here's the here's the cool thing, and I know this is not what the episode is about, but now I'm going to geek out. So hold on, kid. But the the disc that's in the, this this round vinyl like disc. If you if you take it out of the slip cover, which you really shouldn't, but I've done forty times. Um, it it has that rainbow effect like a laser disc, mm -hmm. uh -huh. more plastic like vinyl has okay. coating on it. And here's the thing that blew my mind: the grooves. It's it's got all these grooves like a vinyl record. It's crazy uh -huh. grooves are forty times smaller than audio only vinyl, but it carries the video data and the stereo audio data. Oh my yeah. gosh! It is nuts. So, so I also had never heard of this until a few weeks ago, and I I, I came across you know when you get on those video rabbit holes oh, on yeah. YouTube or something. Uh -huh. like, I don't know <laughs> never heard of it. Go on. Yes. Uh, and so it was these nostalgic sounds from the 90s, and they were all these different video types. And they showed one of these players, the CDE or CED, whatever it is, players. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. I'm like, I have no idea what that is. Mm -hmm. And so I had to start researching it and, and learned all about it. Yeah, it's wild well in my mind. Yeah, I yeah. learned all about it to the tune of about $500, but it was worth it. So the point is, the point is, <laughs> I did not invest I, that much time or effort or money. <laughs> well, and and now I have a player that that I play six movies on, including the original Star Wars trilogy. But let's talk about that in a yeah. second. The point is, we're throwing this event. 
I I have done all the legwork via eBay and my bank account to bring together together this cruel memorabilia that I plan to put on display. I've also gotten in touch with one of the original cast members who has been so immensely generous and has recorded for us a little bit of Q&A and a little message supporting our cause. And uh, nice. at, at 9.30, we open the doors to the public. People get checked in. At 10 o'clock, we're doing the pre-show reel and discussion and... Um, you know, saying a, a huge thank you to Jordan Commons and others who were involved. And then at 1030, we will be showing the movie, but not just not just the movie. Right. Um, mm -hmm. I took I took the Blu-ray transfer and using some software, uh, I did a remastering. And so Ooh, now it's wow. it is it is quite genuinely the best looking this movie has ever been in my experience over the 40 years that I've been watching. I have been watching this movie for the last 40 years. <laughs> I think I've been thinking about watching another movie, but every time I do, I'm like, yeah, but Kroll. So um, yeah, you're like best, best sci-fi fantasy films of the eighties. And I'm like, I know which one we're talking about, um, <laughs> but we're doing, we're holding this event. We're raising money for primary children's hospital. And if you're, if anyone who's interested in either attending the event or who just wants to support the cause, we'll go to tinyurl.com slash Krultimate. That's K-R-U-L-L-T-I-M-A-T-E cruelty that you can support the cruelty charity event which will be held this saturday this coming saturday july 29th 9 30 a.m at jordan commons in sandy utah wow and awesome if, if somebody um can they just buy tickets at the door can they just pay at the event absolutely all you have to do we'll, we'll have like a little qr code set up and all that jazz if they show up and they haven't donated yet the only cost of entry is to donate eight dollars per person How do you beat that? Uh, yeah it's it's half the the cost of a standard ticket to a movie anyway uh and there will be all sorts of fun and shenanigans oh there is one more thing this is brand new as of yesterday can i throw one more thing in please yeah absolutely please I recently got in touch with another Kroll super fan and he, uh, his name is Sean Swanner and he's on Facey space and uh, Facebook. And he, um, he is, he loves eighties sci-fi and fantasy films. And he is a, he's a really talented, accomplished artist. He makes these sort of like new style mashup posters. And he's been doing this for years and years. He intended originally uh, before I said anything about this event to make a commemorative 40th anniversary poster to be released on the day on July oh, 29th. Wow. And so uh, I got in touch with him and I was like, Hey, can I just unveil your poster as part of this event? And he is a hundred percent in, but yesterday he contacted me and he said, Hey, I've got this idea. And what he's willing to do is he's willing to donate a print of his handcrafted poster as a prize to be given randomly via drawing style to everyone who donates uh -huh. at this event, Saturday the 29th. So now we have a unique one of a kind piece of art that uh, someone could win a print of that is being handcrafted by a Kroll super fan as we speak. So that's, cool. that's something brand new that just happened yesterday. Wow. That's awesome. That's really that's awesome. Cool. What a, what a great, event i hope that everybody turns out for this i hope you guys are are super successful raising some money primary children's is such a great cause we had a daughter go in for for surgery on the 7th of july at primary children's they took great care of her it was awesome um just outpatient surgery but they were great and just made her super comfortable made us super comfortable 
uh, they do amazing work at Primary Children. So I think this is an awesome cause. If you guys have never seen Kroll, and you may be in that boat because I may be in that boat, here's what I know about Kroll. Here's what I know. My parents had a board game of Kroll, and I had no idea what this was. Okay. And we used to play with it all the time, and I thought it looked cool, but I have no idea. I don't know where it is. Uh, Krebs, I'm, I'm sorry. We've lost track in this game. <laughs> like, I don't know what's ever happened to it. I will but, go through uh, your board games. I will find it. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. But anyway, that's that's my experience with it. Uh, I kind of never knew what it was. So I'm interested in coming just so I can see this movie, but also so I can support a great cause. And I think this sounds like a fantastic event that you guys have put together. So thank you very kindly. We're actually, you know, we're, we're trucking toward our goal. We're not there yet. But um, if at this point, if everyone donates even just the minimum, mm-hmm. we will exceed our goal. Our goal is not that high, to be honest with you. Our goal is $1,000. And with the number of seats that we have in the theater, uh, if everyone were to donate just the minimum, we'd just about hit that goal. That's awesome. And we've had some very generous people step up and they've donated well more than the minimum. And uh, and they've been very they've been very kind about it. Some of them have been very anonymous about it. And I just want to say thank you to those who have donated. I want to say thank you to those who will donate. And I also want to say thank you to everyone who made board and card games about Kroll because they're really fun to play. Now, I used to have the board game uh, and I don't have it anymore, but I found one on eBay that I am hoping to pick up very, very soon. But for the meantime, I have the card game and we should play this sometime, but that's not the point. The point is Kroll is actually one of those things that, that quite honestly, um, while it has been divisive, divisive as I've spoken to people about it. I don't know if you guys listen to Dungeon Crawlers Radio. And by you guys, I mean the people I'm talking to right now, the hosts and the audience. But if you've listened to Dungeon Crawlers Radio over the last three years or so, when Daniel made the ridiculously stupid decision to make me a permanent fixture on the show, um, <laughs> I started I started doing this shtick where every time we had a, a guest on that we were interviewing, where I was interviewing them for the first time, mm-hmm. I would start, I would do this lightning round segment and I asked them a bunch of, of, of softball questions. What's your favorite color? What's your favorite comfort food? That sort of thing. And then at the very end I go, and finally, what is your stance on the 1983 sci-fi fantasy film Kroll? And what's interesting is that you have this large population of people, like you were mentioning, that just they haven't seen it. Or maybe they, you know, maybe they don't even know what it is. Some people mm-hmm. have heard of it, but they just haven't seen it. And then you get those precious few people who have seen it and either they really enjoy it anywhere from like enjoy to love, uh-huh. like, like mm-hmm. some Krebs as I know, uh-huh. or they <laughs> vehemently hate it. And I think that's so interesting because in recent years, um, and this will probably come up in today's discussion, but in recent years, like the, like the last three or so, but it started about 10 years ago. I started having discussions about this film with some of my film crafting buddies, some of my filmmaking buddies. Mm-hmm. And it was one of those moments where I sat down, I was literally having sushi with one of my, one of my dearest friends. And we were just sitting there talking about Kroll. Cause we just like to geek out about it sometimes. And I go, wait a second, this character at the very beginning of the movie says this, where did that come from? And then we started like, Oh, that's interesting. Wait, wait, wait. 
But then this other character says, how did they know that? What it? And then we started doing this rabbit hole thing and it becomes this whole like Illuminati level conspiracy thing. It's like, no, what happens is that there are all these like story hooks that were never fully explored in the original film, but they leave these glorious opportunities for fan theory and for like uh, expansion of the mythos. This film is one of those films that if you experience it on the surface, then you're going to have a very surface experience, right? You're going to have a very... Uh, tropish sci-fi fantasy 80s sword and sorcery v versus aliens <laughs> type experience but <laughs> if you take a moment to have a conversation to ask just a few questions not in the attitude of like oh i found a plot hole because mm -hmm. i like to destroy things right it, not yeah. like that but if you ask questions like whoa 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 where could this lead all of uh -huh. a sudden it becomes one of the best all like one of the all-time best sci-fi slash fantasy type experiences and it welcomes fan interaction i think it's one of those things that a lot of people overlook and i can't wait to share the joy of that film with people on saturday july 29th <laughs> at sandy uh at the sandy jordan commons megaplex theaters awesome we will make sure that we include the link so people can donate in the description for the video as well as on our Facebook site and other social media outlets so that people can go there and donate. Uh, I think it's a great cause. Uh, and I'm going to try to make it to the show, Tracy. I'm going to try to go. I would right. love Maybe to we can go together. Uh, and who knows? You might win a, a one of a kind poster print. So, you know, there's that too. <laughs> we can, I, I, I hope, I hope I don't not because I don't want the print, but I I'm sure that there will be others there that are a bigger fan of the movie oh, yeah. since I have not seen it yet. Yeah. And I would love for it to go to one of them and not, you know, just some guy who's seeing it for the first time. And, and how nice. often do you get to see a movie that you haven't seen before from the eighties on the big screen as your first experience in high definition with a crowd of people who are either going to support you or shout you down, but in any case, <laughs> they're going to support a great cause. Thank right, you very right. much. Yep. We're united and, in the cause. Can, yes. Watch it in high definition on CED. Uh, <laughs> wait, no. <laughs> I had a mouthful of water just then. That was I'm sorry. I'm that sorry. Was so well. That was perfect. That was perfect. Congratulations. Awesome. I officially like the show now. <laughs> yes. We've done it, Tracy. We've gained a fan. Yeah. So we're excited about that. Uh, so today we thought, since you're on the show and you've got this great event coming up, uh, we would talk about some of the best or some of our favorite, because that's not necessarily the same thing, uh, sci-fi and fantasy movies of the 1980s, which was an interesting decade for sci-fi and fantasy. Loved it. If yes. I could be so bold as to say something like that. Dude, everything in the 80s was awesome. Yes. That's yeah. I, actually, I agree. No, no, I agree with that. It was it was typically either awesomely groundbreaking and, uh -huh. and pushed the the art and the industry forward in that area, or it was an awesomely hilarious mistake. Yes. And yeah, I they're really I while we might be able to find examples of the middle ground, it was few and far between. Yes, uh, it, it yes. was it was a decade of extremes. That's for sure. Yeah. For, for every sure. for every Raiders of the Lost Ark that you had at the movie theater, you had. New Coke or Coke Two, you know, that was just awful. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Battle Beyond the Stars or something like no, that, boy. which which has a special place in my heart too. But I promise you guys, I swear, I know, I know what you've heard from me so far, but I promise you, I have good taste in movies. Um, Ice Pirates, I, come on, Ice Pirates, baby, Ice Pirates. <laughs> yeah, here's here's the thing, Krebs. We don't judge people's taste in movies. We are. We celebrate people that just like movies and we don't care what movies you like. We've reviewed 
let's see, we did rubber, which is uh-huh. amazingly weird. Oh, I and, know that one. You know, we don't. Yeah, see, <laughs> see, you're a good company. You're fine. You're fine. We might be the three most dangerous people on the planet right now. Let's we're do doing, this. We're talking about rubber with Val, and both of us like reverted oh. back to our film school days. It was yes. just mm, so great. Oh man, it looks like a film school project. It totally does, yeah. Well, well, when when one of your redeeming qualities is that you have Wings Hauser in your movie, that's kind of <laughs> that says far more than the poster ever could. This is so true. Yeah, that's yeah. a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> All right, Tracy, start us off. What are some of the movies that you remember? Because this was your jam. The eighties yeah. was kind of your jam. Yeah, I was. I was, I was still a little young in the eighties. Yeah. Oh, welcome to being old, Tracy. Let's go. <laughs> I am the old guard on the show. Yes. <laughs> you you and I might be competing for that title, but please, I can't. I'm excited to hear this. I'm excited to hear. This. Where are you hitting? Oh, I'm just I'm just three years younger than you. Okay. All right. No, no, no. He's like, no, no, no. I'm 75 now. I wasn't born. In yeah, that's his age. Yeah, that's not <laughs> the year he was born. Sorry, he did. He misspoke. He's 75. He looks great that. though. He looks great for 75. He still has hair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're 75, Tracy. You're 75. Yes, you're 75. That's okay. You don't that's, have hair. It's that's okay. That's the age. It's showing you. Age. Go ahead, yeah. Tracy. Yep. Um, <laughs> one of my favorites. I, I, my mom was a big Martin Short fan, and oh. uh, Inner Space. Yes, was, and oh. it reminded me because I loved at Disneyland. I loved Adventures Through Inner Space, which is now Star yes. Wars. But uh, which is not, yes. Yeah, yeah, but I used to think they would like legit. I legitimately believe that you would shrink on that ride. Okay, no joke. As a kid, like my first time going to Disneyland, I I rode that ride and we came out and I was crying so hard. I had the heebies and I just remember telling my mom, I'm still small. I'm still small. They didn't make me the right size. I was freaking out. Thanks, Disney. You're still small. (laughs) I was in a stroller when I said that. <laughs> but yes, I remember. I remember seeing Inner Space. My 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 mom, uh, in the in the early from the early eighties on, um, she mm. was a divorcee, and so we, the four of us, my mom, my brother, my sister, and I, we had moved in with her parents to kind of like recover from that whole thing. I was so little; I don't remember very much of it. But what I do remember is that my mom would frequently take us to the movies, which I uh-huh. think I think molded me. Um, in ways that I think she's grateful for and simultaneously regrets. But um, but she took us to see movies at the theater pretty frequently. And what and and the thing is, I tell my wife this. I'm like, oh, I saw that in theaters when I was a kid. I saw that in theaters. When I was a kid. Uh-huh. And there are so many movies I probably shouldn't have seen in oh, theaters yeah. as a kid. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> thanks, Beetlejuice. But anyway. Um, but, but we saw, we saw inner space with, with Dennis Quaid and Martin Short and holy crap and Meg Ryan, that film, bro, that, that was some good, good stuff. I'm so glad you chose inner space. I love that movie. Oh, just the whole idea of shrinking and going down into the body. Yeah. And now it's kind of like been done a lot. I mean, you've got Rick and Morty, which is a great episode. You've got all sorts of stuff, but at the time, that Magic was, School Bus, I think, has done it a Magic few times. School Bus, yeah, that was that was after my time, but I know that episode or that 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 series. Yes, that is awesome. Yeah. Well, what an interesting choice, Tracy. Because when I think science fiction, I immediately go to like outer space, spaceships, that right. kind of thing, and I know that that's that's like just one part <laughs> of science fiction. 
so I'm glad you brought in something like that because that's totally different than what I was initially thinking uh, when I was thinking of my list of movies. So uh, great choice. I mean, there's so great many. Choice. We, we talked about a few on the show. We did um, uh, Time Bandits. We did oh, yeah. do Time Bandits. Um, uh, Flight of the Navigator. Um, that Flight of the Navigator was on my list, man. Yeah. Was that your jam? I love I loved Flight of the Navigator. I remember when that came out. I remember seeing that in theaters and it was just so cool. And like you go back and you watch it as a kid. I just remember the spaceship being cool. I remember the robot being cool. Mm -hmm. Uh, Pee Wee Herman does the voice of the robot. And anyway, I remember all of that stuff and the little creature that he had that was kind of like the pet in the spaceship. Yeah. You watch it now and it's like a really sad movie because he comes back (laughs) and it's years later and like, (laughs) it destroyed me watching it now. It's just a totally different experience because a lot of stuff went over my head. I'm still young. It it didn't make me the right age. I'm still young. (laughs) I came out younger. (laughs) My younger brother Uh. is so much bigger than me now. (laughs) That's a good point. Actually that. Yeah. I hadn't thought of that. I hadn't thought like it's, it's, it's this sort of like happy tragedy (laughs) that he like, (laughs) yeah. He, he gets to keep his childhood, but he got to skip over some really, like, formative years in the 80s. And they're like, yeah. oh, well, you're going to have to live in the 90s now. You know, like, which which is how I remember my childhood going. Because I was born at the beginning of the 80s. And right. really, I remember most of the stuff in the 90s. Most of the 90s, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, the other thing that I always remember about Flight of the Navigator is nerf came out with these uh turbo footballs that oh, looked yeah. just like the spaceship just like and so remember this i had i had one and i never played football with it but it was my spaceship from flight of the navigator every time it so, wasn't nice. so it there wasn't like a promotional piece it just so happened no. oh, that the yeah. that the like no licensing yeah well be, because i mean it was just that that odd like almond shape that was more mm-hmm. aerodynamic right um because yep. i remember i i think i think Look, I think Nerf probably took some inspiration from the movie in terms of like the color that they made the balls and all that <laughs> stuff. But like it's it's very much the same shape that we see today in a lot of respects where it has like some like aer- pseudo aerodynamic striations. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And and you're yeah. supposed to get like a perfect spiral every time. And it's like, well, try yeah, that was the athleticism point. kid. But, you know, whatever. And for yeah. those of us not athletically inclined, we appreciated those striations. Yes, yes. That's if right. You, if you didn't know how to throw a spiral before, you still didn't know how to throw that's a spiral. Right. <laughs> that's right. That's right. It didn't actually happen. That it every every dad who bought that for his kid thinking that it was going to turn him into Troy Aikman or something like ended up doing the Bob's Burgers Oh my gosh. Like every time the kid <laughs> throw the ball, it would just like go end over end. But it had that it had that spaceship shape. I remember thinking the same thing. I was yeah. like, oh my gosh, it's flight of the navigator. But it's not. No, yep. no, no. It's but but yeah, those those nerves just happened to look like that. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> what about you, Krebs? What are some of the movies or, or oh a movie you remember? I mean, besides Kroll. I'm sure we're gonna get into Kroll at some point. You know, yeah. in 1983, there was this movie. No, just joking. Um <laughs> it, <laughs> Look, there, there's there's the obvious low hanging fruit, and I want to avoid those, so I'm just going to shout them out really fast because sure. uh, they're 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 overly obvious. Like the first the first film I remember seeing end to end in a theater, the first one that comes to mind is Return of the Jedi. That was like a formative film for mm-hmm. me, and it's still one of my all time favorites. I also saw Flight of the Navigator. Um, I saw Inner Space, as we mentioned earlier. Um, you also have like Back to the Future, which I think qualifies, sure. uh, and and that's all fine and dandy. But like um, one of the movies that absolutely blew the back of my head off when i saw it in theaters was uh the last starfighter yes okay 
Yes. And it's one of those it's one of those films I haven't revisited in a dog's age, but yeah. it's and it's one that I want to show my kids. My kids, my kids are one of them. My daughter just turned 12 and my son is like eight and three quarters. He'll make sure that I say it that way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and and they're in that really weird stage where I want to show them stuff from my childhood. And if it's not up to par with like their technical expectations, then it's old and dumb dad. But yep. mean, meanwhile, they're watching the most asinine things on YouTube. Right. And I'm right. like, I don't know, maybe I should parent them or something, but no, but it's overrated. Last, <laughs> no, no. But the last starfighter <laughs> is one of those films that I think is utterly vital to where mm -hmm. we've come in terms of like adopting CGI and, and oh. using technology in the way that we make films, but also it was just a fabulous story. It was just an exceptional story. It took, it took elements of the zeitgeist, the idea of like the arcade cabinet and how it was, you know, ruining yes. our kids' minds, but this became their recruiting tool for finding the best starfighters across the known solar systems and such. Like what a, oh, I'm sorry, <clears throat> spoilers. But anyway, um, I... <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's one of those films that is is kind of woefully underappreciated totally. in our current in our current age. But it absolutely pushed forward the art of sci-fi and cinema. Yeah. So it's basically for those that, that aren't familiar with it, it's basically the new Gran Turismo movie, but in space. <laughs> <laughs> that is a hundred percent true. I hadn't thought of that. Except the, the biggest difference between The Last Starfighter and Gran Turismo is that one of them is based on real events and the other one is Gran Turismo. But um... <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. Uh, yeah, every time, anyway. Every time that comes up, based on a true story, I'm like, is it though? Is, <laughs> is it? Uh, yeah, I, I hadn't made that connection before, but it, I, it really does, like, storyline-wise, it parallels Gran Turismo, but in all honesty, like, Last Starfighter came out in 1984, mm -hmm. and, 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 and this young man's life was changed with Gran Turismo, like, you know, 10 years ago, so, yeah. so in, yeah. in other words, The Last Starfighter did it first, just saying. It's the, it's yeah, the yeah, old, for sure. It's the OG. For yeah. sure. Uh, it, I it, love that Gran you know, it, it walks so Gran Turismo can run. That's that's really <laughs> that's right. Man. That is right. <laughs> can run and turn only left. Yes. Um, but yeah, I and, and there are some other hot picture. Do you that's guys do you guys choice. want if I throw yeah. another one out? Please. Yeah, please. Um, Enemy Mine. Yes. Okay. Enemy yeah. Mine is mm -hmm. is one of those films that um, I thought like you you took you took two. Uh, excellent actors you have dennis quaid you have lewis gossett jr and you you do with this what asimov did with sci-fi you know what um mm -hmm. bradbury did and what you know, so many other greats who were writers they used sci-fi as a platform to discuss socio-political um uh, topics in a way that did not call out a specific group or single out a specific person, but you were able to address very human experiences in a very inhuman or rather I should say non-human uh, platform, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, An enemy mine does a phenomenal job of giving you the one character that the audience can identify with and make them the outcast in a complete society. And then having to, you know, find a way to like, integrate and incorporate i thought it, i thought it was just a it, it, of course when i was like five 
and I'm watching this movie. I didn't think that of that yeah, subtext. Yeah. But I, but it didn't stop me from having those feelings of like understanding what it meant to not be the one who was accepted. Right. Right. To not have it so yeah. easy. And I thought that was just, I think that's a, that's a brilliant film again, that I think a lot of people have lost track of over the years. That's yeah. A, that's an interesting one. Uh, that was one I remember in school I don't know, in a social studies class or something where we were talking about this concept of the other and the fear of the other that you you hear talked about. And as we were going through it, it was a difficult concept. And then I thought, oh, no, this is like enemy mind. Like, it's just that we don't understand each other. We don't know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so that fear that comes from somebody who's different uh, and and things like that. So that's a great choice. It's a, And that's what I love about what sci-fi can do. Like you said, you can take these deep topics and these hard topics to discuss and then you put them in space or on an alien world or you do something like that. And then it becomes easier to discuss those things right. and make the points that you want to make. Uh, and I mean, Star Trek has been doing that for decades. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. One of the that's what makes the original series so great. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But it was not political back in the 60s. If you listen to some fans, they're oh, wrong. Of course not. No. Ew. Yeah. No, of course. They're all woke. <laughs> so, so it just so- happened now. Not in 1966. Go ahead, <laughs> Tracy. I, I don't remember. So, Jake, what what ones do you think of? I mean, granted, this isn't specifically your 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 era, but what what else comes to mind for you? Yeah, welcome to being young, Jake. <laughs> yeah. So, it's not, but and and kids today don't know this, but Saturday mornings, right? You'd wake up in the morning, you'd watch cartoons, mm-hmm. and it was great. But then like 10 or 11 o'clock, the cartoons would stop and a lot of the networks would play old movies, old movies that had been in the, and they were on TV and they were edited for TV, whatever. And that's where I watched a lot of movies. Yeah. You know, the cartoons were great, but I'd stick around for the, you know, I, I think that's how I watched the predator for the first time, which was probably (laughs) the only way I was going to be able to watch the predator because it was, it was, uh, you know, edited for TV content. Sure. Um, Sure. And there, and that has led to some interesting experiences as I watch those same movies not um, edited and like oh um, that was a scene planes, I was not aware trains, of. But... Automobiles, I remember our planes, trains, yes. and automobiles. Jake, Jake did not yeah, know whole... the scene with the rental car. I did before we watched it. I did know about it. Stop. <laughs> when I like, grown up and watched it. Tracy had to correct Jake and be like, "That's not Chris Farley. That's John Candy. You wouldn't understand." Yeah. Because wow. you're so young, Jake. Wow. Uh, See, it's funny because we're old. Out. Yeah, it is funny because you are old. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, one movie that does stand out to me that I remember pretty fondly, and I think of it every time I watch Wally, is Short Circuit. Johnny yes. Five. Yes. I love Short Circuit. And, and this is something honest. that can only exist in the 80s, where like, this just happens. You've got this robot that's sentient and alive and crazy and wacky uh, fun ensues and everybody just kind of deal. Like, it's just fine that the robot's there. It's like, it's normal. It's fine. And like, it was just, you talk about the zeitgeist, you know, robots and stuff, they were becoming so popular in the eighties and the idea yeah, of what yeah. they could be, you know, from droids and star Wars to the robot controller that you had for the Nintendo to like all sorts of stuff, short circuit oh, just Nintendo fit right in robot. with that. Yep, yep. That Nintendo and then the robot that... that. Oh no, go ahead, please. Go ahead. No, the Nintendo robot. Go ahead. Yeah. So that was 
you know, prior to the Wii, that okay. was mm-hmm. the most profoundly like amazing slash useless controller peripheral of all time. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um and yeah. and and really like it had one job. <laughs> its job <laughs> was to like hold like it, its job was to like open doors for you in games um right. where they had right. this mechanic and it was Rob the robot. Rob was an acronym for I don't know robot. Anyway, so they as everything they, was yeah as everything was Rob you couldn't call it Robbie the robot that was already trademarked but um but right. it would like had like this top that it would like spin and then drop onto the buttons to hold the button down. It had it was very very limited in its ability mm-hmm. but it didn't change the fact that not only did you have the like did did you have video games in your home in a way that massively exceeded the capabilities of the atari right, right. Um, right. But you also had a freaking robot. Oh, I'm going to go home. I, I'm done playing dodgeball for the day. I'm going to go home and play video games with my robot. Right. You plebs. Yeah. And then and yeah. and what and then what it would do is it would push like one of two buttons and then it would and then it would like open doors for you in, so cool. in two video games. There were like two video games. It's, that it's like the power glove. If you were lucky enough to have a power glove. Listen. Oh, it's so bad. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that, that's it. It has two meanings if you're from the i 80s. didn't i didn't ever have the power glove but I, boy i sure coveted one listen did you have one the, the I power had one. Glove. awesome my my favorite thing about the power glove is the movie wizard where it is like yes. a two-hour advertisement just for the power glove when he pulls that out yes. and you're like that is the most awesome thing Back Prior to, to the, Mario Brothers three, that's what I got out of the movie. Yep, is you got to get both of those. <laughs> yes. I actually talked my parents into taking me to that movie just so I could see the footage of Super Mario Brothers three that played at the end of the movie. Yes, yes. Uh, uh, kids at home who don't know what we're talking about, think about the next release of Fortnite, but before anyone else could see it. It was kind of like and that. You couldn't, yep. you couldn't see it online. There was no. no- no, I mean there was no teaser trailer. There weren't people leaking it for clout or anything. Yeah, it this was, was a debut. No. Yeah, you had to wait for it to be printed yeah. in a newspaper. We'll talk about that sometime. <laughs> um, but I had I had the power glove, and it required that you had like this three point sensor rig that sat on top of your television. I got I got the power glove for Christmas, and uh-huh. it, I was so so excited. And yes, I felt like half RoboCop, but but um. The way that I set it up and, and where I set it up, people would walk into the room and immediately trip over the cable for the sensors, and the sensors oh, kind of got yeah. banged up a little bit. Mm-hmm. But also, irrespective of that, like like the the interact system, the interaction of the of the power glove was one of those things that on paper sounded so cool and it looked really cool in the movie The Wizard with Fred Savage. Yes, it looks really, really it cool. And the line in that movie is it's so bad. And and in the 80s, bad was a good thing. That was yep. like Michael that was Jackson like, did a whole song about it. He did a whole song about it, right? And that that made yeah. the the slang. It's like saying something's the bomber off the I don't know the he's whatever kids. Anyway, so um <laughs> like we had this we had this this glove um but and you would punch in a code uh, it had like a it had like a keyboard on the on the forearm, and you would punch in a code to configure what each finger did, and and mm. you know what the motion of the hands did, and stuff like that. Um, 
but I found that they included a code that's just like, look, worst case scenario, punch in this code. And on the forearm, there are all the buttons that are the same as the controller. You can just use your ah. forearm as the controller. And no joke, almost <laughs> immediately, I like after trying for like an hour to play using the, the motion and all that stuff, um, I almost immediately reverted to just using it like an NES controller that had fingers. So that was yeah. fun. It was a good time. Childhood was yeah. a good thing. But it, but it looked cool. I mean, it was so bad. Let's be honest, there was, it was so bad. And then, and then, and then it was, it was so bad. It, it was, was just bad. a bad interface. Yeah. Don't worry. There's a robot that can do two things to help you out. Yeah, you've always got Rob to fall back on. You've always got Rob. We'll always have Rob. Your power glove, your Rob, and your your blaster. You're good to go. Man. Oh yeah! On, on they were preparing episode, us for the robot apocalypse. That's they were on another episode in the future, to which I'm totally inviting myself right now. We Please. should talk about like okay. plastic video game consoles and stuff because there was another Nintendo peripheral that was way ahead of its time that I would love to talk to you about that had to do with like motion and gestures way before anyone else was doing it. But anyway, that is not the purpose of this episode. I'm just I'm just there, teasing a potential a episode in the future. We're just yeah. Gonna, yeah, yeah, we're just gonna leave that out there hanging. But yeah, Short Circuit brought in all of that love for robots and things yeah, like that. And it was just hilarious. And that and shoulder-mounted laser I just laser remember cannons. really... Yes. Yes. Well, of course, which is what everybody really wanted. Let's that's, be honest. Yes. So, yes. I mean, that's... Rhodey basically ripped that off in the Avengers franchise <laughs> as War Machine. Yeah, wait to go. basically stole it from Johnny Five. <laughs> that's so true, though. Cat. Meanwhile, the Predator is like, hey, what about me? Over here. <laughs> I was vaporizing people with my shoulder cannon long before Johnny Five. The 80s was a weird time, though, when we talk about these movies like Predator and like RoboCop. Yeah. We mentioned RoboCop. Yeah. RoboCop is so bizarre because that movie is so violent and so not child-friendly. And then you had like the animated RoboCop series yes. and toys that you could buy of RoboCop. and. Yeah. Things, what was wrong with us in the 80s? Like, no, no, no. no. It's and so then you think, I'm going to go watch this movie as a 10-year-old, and then you watch it, and you're scarred for life because it is so violent. Oh, Robocop. Like, it was a weird time. Violent for the time. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, when, when, you're, when you're shooting uh, a, a male who is assaulting a woman, and when you're shooting him in the crotch mm-hmm. with, with a burst fire automatic pistol, um yeah that was like the height of violence at that time i remember uh-huh. that movie being extremely controversial but you're absolutely right the saturday morning cartoon dropped and uh, in all honesty as many cartoons were at that time it was simply a medium for selling the toys it absolutely right? was and, yeah. and and the cartoons if the cartoon was based on a live action movie such as robocop in this case um the movie itself was already kind of like absurd but in a right. great way like it, it was actually like the, the way they made robocop was actually pretty fantastic uh right. given given the time and the limitations compared to our current technology but then then the saturday morning cartoon happens and the saturday morning cartoon is even more absurd just less bloody right like like there's <laughs> yeah. there's all like these weird like we had inspector gadget and then inspector right. gadget was the nerd and robocop was the jock right yeah um and then for those who don't know, it used to be that being a nerd was, was not good, but now it's oh, awesome. Ew. Now, now it's the best thing ever. <laughs> anyway. So, so like the cartoon was like way over the top and then the toys happen. The toys are like, guess what? Now we have missiles. And it's just like, it's like, this is the gun that, 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 that they have you put on the, on the action figure is, is three quarters the size of the action figure. It was like, yeah, and then it was like, huge. 
and, uh -huh. and then yeah between between the power of transformers making every toy have to change into something else mm -hmm. and yes. and things like uh brave star where like all the weapons had to be like gaudy and comically large right then, like then like robocop happens and it's like well i guess we're just gonna transform into flying vehicles and we're gonna have guns the size of buicks you know so like yeah and you know what they were awesome every toy was awesome and every child today who's buying fortnite action figures you're welcome because we did it first yep <laughs> yep i get yeah the action figures that came from movies and cartoons in the 80s yeah were awesome were so cool. I don't know, Tracy. What are some more movies from the eighties? Um, you know, we haven't, we didn't touch as much on the fantasy side, but uh, do you guys remember Dragon Slayer? Yes, yes, eighty-one film. That one, that's one that I saw on those Saturday morning or Saturday early afternoon things, and just fell in love with. That was Absolutely. pre pre um, House of the Dragon and Game of Thrones. Yes, yes, it was before <laughs> George R. R. Martin taught us the meaning of loss. Um, yeah, yeah. I, you but, know, you know what's funny? I hadn't seen Dragon Slayer until about uh, two, two years ago. I saw it for the very I, first time. I knew of it. Okay. I've never watched mm -hmm. it. And uh, what was amazing about that film, in my opinion, and I think this is probably a lot of people's opinions, is that um, what they did to make the dragon a living thing in the film uh, was surprisingly effective and yeah. absolutely fabulous. Like. Mm -hmm. No CG, all practical, and a beautiful rendering of, of a ferocious, fire-breathing reptil reptilian monster, you know? Yeah. And and that brings up a good point as we talk about a lot of these movies, the special effects and the things that they did with the practical effects. To me, it's just, it's what makes a lot of the CGI so hard to handle uh, for me because I get it and I, I know that that's the direction we're going. We're never going to go back completely to practical effects, but right. there's just something real there's and solid when it. you're doing the, the practical effects and the puppetry or whatever it is to make it the miniatures, things like that to make it feel more, I don't know, solid there's and real. And, to it or, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, so and, and I love to just float. You know, it doesn't seem to have any kind of tangible weight to it. Well, and not just that, but like the one thing that we have not yet overcome is the fact that humans have this uh, innate, like all of us have this ability to detect the uncanny valley, right? Like, right. like we have, we have this uncanny valley filter, this idea that something can approach being a living thing or a tangible thing, but can't quite get there. It's asymptotically, you know, not able to reach it. And whenever that happens, it, it, our brains can see it, it can sense it, it filters it. And like, we kind of try to suspend disbelief so that we can accept it. And there is some extremely believable CGI out there, but you know it when you see it, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. You know it when you see it and it, and it takes you out of that suspension of disbelief just a touch. Whereas practical effects like, yeah, it might be on a blue screen, Star Wars or whatever, but you have to know that that Millennium Falcon was handcrafted and that it's a physical right. thing yeah. you could reach out and touch. Mm -hmm. uh, that is something that you that we have not yet been able to achieve with CG. CG can enhance practical effects, right. but it, it has, we even with all the advancements we have with de-aging and deep fakes and all that stuff, we still cannot quite replace the real thing. And right. our brains have the, have the amazing ability to sense and suss that out. Which is good because that's probably going to come in handy in the coming years as <laughs> AI and CG gets more abundant. Truth. Uh, yeah. 
So the the 2024 election, for example, it, that skill and that ability is going to come in handy, folks. Yeah, Don't folks. worry, TikTok's going to win the next one, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so before we go, Krebs, um, for those that haven't seen Kroll, give them like oh. – I know, shame on them, but um, – no, wow. Thanks, Tracy. It's been a long time since I've seen this. So I'm yeah, excited absolutely. to go back and revisit this on the big screen. But but tell them, give them the basic plot and, and why they need yeah, to absolutely. see this Saturday. Yeah, absolutely. And and also, thank you very much for having a show where like we don't knock people's taste in movies and stuff, but then oh, immediately no. shame them for not watching one. Anyway, yeah. so uh, yeah, Kroll. So Kroll is a, a movie that build itself as sci-fi fantasy and to my understanding it was the first film to take on that uh, sort of like token designation in fact i'm not even i'm not even sure if any other film did that afterward but uh they they got together to make this film and um the basic plot synopsis, if you look at it at a very, very surface level, the basic plot synopsis is a prince of one. Uh, I'm sorry. Let me back up a second. An alien invader known as the Beast with his army, the Slayers, travels in his spaceship known as the Black Fortress, which doubles as his uh, palace and base of operations. And it lands on this alien world, the world of Kroll. Kroll is the name of the planet, not a character, but the planet's also a character. Anyway, so, uh, so it lands on Kroll. Uh, and it's an invading force. And the idea is that the beast has conquered other planets. It is a conquering entity. That's what mm -hmm. it that's what it does. And there is a prince from one kingdom and a princess from another kingdom. These kingdoms, uh, you know, are, are warring houses, pseudo Capulets, Montagues type. But. Yeah but they have a common enemy, the beast and his slayers. And so the prince and the princess have decided to wed in order to unite the kingdoms and to form this union such that they can fight against this alien invader. But as they are going through the wedding ceremony, the castle is invaded. The princess is kidnapped. The prince is shot by one of the alien weapons and, uh, and the beast steals the bride for the remainder of the film. The prince is joined by a wise old man, the old one from the Granite Mountains, Yanir, played by Freddie Jones, and uh, must obtain a weapon that he thought only to be myth and legend known as the glaive, which is probably the most iconic element of this film. Mm -hmm. And with the power of the glaive and with the help of a few friends he makes along the way, he must ingress the black fortress, save his bride to be and vanquish the beast. Now this is a very like surface sure. explanation, right? And it sounds, it sounds very sword and sorcery esque. And you know, it's like, Oh, damsel in distress. Prince goes on the hero's journey, yada, yada. But I'd like to throw out a few like bonus things here that I think make the movie even better. First of all, when I watched this movie, I, I I showed it to a friend a handful of years ago and she had gone through um, she had just like wrapped up her or she was wrapping up her college education. She was doing like, <clears throat> excuse me, she's doing like gender studies, women's studies, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And she took exception with the fact that this was yet another damsel in distress movie. And, and it really made me think like, like to, to see it from her perspective. I've always enjoyed this as a kid, <clears throat> but I hadn't really viewed it through that lens. Mm -hmm. And so what I appreciated about it is that it made me think about it. And then I realized the truth of this movie is not that the princess is the damsel in distress, but rather it revealed something I'd never thought of. You see in this film, 
there is a prophecy that is mentioned both at the beginning and at the end. And the prophecy says, and I quote, a girl of ancient name shall become, I'm sorry, blah, 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 shall, shall be uh, a girl of ancient name shall become queen and she shall choose a king and together they will rule our world and their son will rule the galaxy. Now, I've been, I had asked these questions. I was like, okay, hang on a second. The beast is an alien invader. He's giant. He's seemingly omnipotent. Mm -hmm. Why did he steal a redhead from her wedding? Like that they, they don't seem very compatible, uh -huh. you know, mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and he's constantly trying to force her to, to choose him to be her, her, her groom, right? Like he's like, you will choose me to be your king is what he says in the movie. And he keeps trying to coerce her into this, but he doesn't force her in any way and he doesn't kill her and he doesn't he just he just holds on to her and says you will choose me and it made me wonder about this for like after i had this experience with this friend and then i realized the truth and here's the truth the most powerful person on the entire planet is this one young lady because mm -hmm. she is the girl of ancient name who will become queen and she will choose a mm -hmm. king says the prophecy right so it's her choice. She can't be forced into it. She gets to choose. And whoever she chooses, they will rule this planet. And their offspring, their son specifically, will be the ruler of the galaxy. The beast is a concrete entity. This is his long-term goal. He has to get her to choose him. And she has all the power. So it's not a typical damsel in distress movie. Mm -hmm. Because she is the most powerful piece on the board. And the prince is the one who's trying to rescue her because she holds all the power to the entire galaxy. I like Interesting. that. I like that. So come see Kroll, everybody. <laughs> I was going to say, there's your there's your endorsement to come see Kroll, Saturday, July 29th. Uh, you don't, you don't want to miss it. I mean, on the big screen, digitally remastered, fully remastered by Krebs. Uh, I mean, it doesn't get better than that. Personally, I mean, it might yes. get better than that if it was done by Sony, who still owns the rights. But but yes, it will be it will be better than bad. It's good. <laughs> yeah, it'll be, it'll, yes. So Plus, it's, it's all for a good cause. $8 donation to $8 Primary Children's donation. Hospital. All of that helps to make things better for kids who are going through some pretty rough stuff. And so anything that we can do to help Primary Children's and their mission to help those kids, I think, is a great thing. Uh, 9.30 is when the doors open. 9.30, the doors open to the public. 10 o'clock is the pre-show and 10.30 is the show. And the, the link, if somebody wants to just donate, they can't make it to the movie tinyurl.com slash correct? That is correct. And every donation, what, what I've what I've kind of happened upon is the very truth that like every dollar makes a miracle possible. Really that was does. something that, mm -hmm. that I kind of realized for myself. And I I a hundred percent agree and believe in it. Um for whatever it's worth, I am not attending this event for free. I also made I made the first donation. Nice. But I I have I I've known some people um in some fan groups as well as some personal friends who obviously they can't make it because they live in different parts of the country, but they have right. been very quick to donate. And what a wonderful thing that they have given so generously to primary children's hospital. Uh, fun fact, primary children's hospital is the only hospital of its kind in a 400,000 square mile area. Wow. Uh, yeah. It, it, it serves as the life saving entity for children of, of various incredible and difficult illnesses diseases cancer you know uh, neurological disorders all that stuff they serve as as the life-saving hub 
for multiple states over 400,000 square miles. And they are trying their best to open a second facility. And though our donation might be a drop in the bucket, it's still a drop in a very needed bucket. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Krebs, thank you so much. Uh, And of course, please go check him out on Dungeon Crawlers Radio uh, and the whole gang there. Uh, Oh, yeah, I have a podcast too. Yeah. Well, we, we plug the important stuff, right? And then we'll yeah, yeah, that's, we'll no, throw the other absolutely. Stuff out the absolutely. Yeah, no, yeah. I'm over here. I'm I'm over here just like, well, I guess I'm part of this show now. Hey, like this, yeah. that's, no, yeah, yeah. Dungeon Crawlers Radio. It's it's actually been around. For, we're in our we're in our fifteenth year, I believe it is. We, we've been that's around awesome. for about fifteen wow. years, and we're a geek culture podcast. We cover primarily tabletop gaming, but we've also been uh, interviewing a ton of authors, both very famous like R.A. Salvatore and Brandon Sanderson, as well as some of the more indie authors like Jeffrey Gardner and uh, and a number of others that we've interviewed on the show. Um, and it's it's been super fun. It's been a blessing in my life to meet so many fabulously creative people, and we've been very fortunate to have them on the show. So come check out Dungeon Crawlers Radio. Throughout 15 years of shows, there's probably at least one episode you'll like. Also, two episodes that celebrate different anniversaries of curl so oh there you have it two episodes oh we have yeah yeah we did we did because because i forced my co-hosts into acknowledging that this film exists okay and we did we did two very special episodes one that was like the 38th anniversary i think and then the 39th it was me my older brother and my older sister the original because i saw i don't know if you knew this or not but i saw curl in theaters as a kid uh and Mm -hmm. And we saw it together, this little family that had gone through a very difficult and messy situation. And this is one of those things that like just brought absolute joy to our lives. So um, we did a special episode together, just the siblings. So yeah, go check out Dungeon Crawlers Radio. And um, I don't know, find something that you like there because I'm sure there's absolutely something. And thank you guys. Thank you so very much. Movies that make us, I'm, I'm a cinephile and I absolutely love what you guys are doing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me on the show. I had a blast absolutely disrupting everything you did today. Thank you no, so it's, much. It's perfect. This it was, is, it was great. Nothing. Yeah. That's how our, we typically go on tangents. We disrupt ourselves. It's fine. Uh, we've, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. Krebs. You are, uh, a great knowledge of movies and um, we just appreciate your contribution today and the event that you're putting together, I think is a great thing. And so we are excited for that as well. Uh, if you don't follow us on social media, everyone that's listening and Krebs as well, if you don't follow us on social media, please do so. We are everywhere. We're even on that new threads thing going on. I don't know what that's all about, but we're there. Uh, and uh, what's that? A Twitter killer. The, the Twitter sure. killer. No, it's kind of, yeah, I don't think so. So it did for, <laughs> for a minute. And for then day. like the engagement dropped off completely anyway, yeah. but we're there. Uh, and you can also subscribe to our YouTube channel uh, as well as follow us wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you so much for listening and for supporting the show. We appreciate it. And until next time, we will see you at the movies this Saturday, 930 AM at Jordan Commons in Sandy, Utah. Perfect. And- and whether you've never seen Kroll or you adore the film almost as much as I do, always remember to be epic and don't suck. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. We'll see you later. This has been an Age of Geek media production. 